Learning Objective 5.2 examines the tax consequences of both immediate payment and deferred annuities. With regard to the taxation of immediate payment annuities, the law allows for the recovery of basis over the projected lifetime of the annuitant at the time of funding of the annuity. For an immediate payment annuity, the exclusion ratio is calculated by determining the cost of the contract, then divided by the product of life expectancy and the annuity amount. For the taxation of a fixed period annuity, the exclusion ratio reflects a fraction, the investment in the annuity contract over the expected return, which is the product of the annuity payment times the fixed period. There is a deduction allowed under the code for any unrecovered investment in the annuity contract. Should the annuitant die before achieving life expectancy, that unrecovered basis is claimed on the annuitant's final return as an itemized deduction. This unrecovered basis reflects the difference between the cost basis and the amount of basis recovered through previously received annuity payments. The calculation of the cost in the contract needs to be adjusted downward to reflect the value of any refund or period certain annuities. These features provide an annuitant's designated beneficiary succeeds to receive a specified number of payments upon the annuitant's premature death. This refund feature has a value reducing the investment in, in the contract and thereby reduces the exclusion ratio and increases the amount of each payment to be included in income. Variable annuity contracts have their own calculation. Their exclusion ratio is a numerator of investment in the contract divided by life expectancy at funding. Variability of the payments may necessitate the need for an adjustment since in a low interest rate environment it's possible that the annual payments received may in fact be less than the excludable amount. The amount of future exclusions could be recalculated based on the unutilized exclusion of the cost and the life expectancy at the time of recalculation. What about activity during the accumulation phase of a deferred annuity? Well, here we have the risk of the amounts being treated as not received as an annuity. When that's the case, no exclusion ratio is allowed for withdrawals or loans, which are treated as taxable events. And they're taxable to the extent of income on the contract, which is income on the contract ignoring surrender charges in excess of the owner's investment. Complete surrender is taxable to the extent of cash received, less surrender charges, and investment in the contract. Additionally, there are penalties for premature distributions. The most notable is for taxpayers not yet reaching 59 and a half. The penalty is imposed on the taxable amount. In other words, there's allowed for recovery of basis. And there are exceptions for either the disability of the recipient or death. One of the traps for the unwary is 
structuring ownership of the deferred annuity contract. An owner, other than a human being, will not receive annuity treatment, meaning there'll be no tax deferral and income is taxable regardless of whether funds are distributed. There are certain exceptions which are very limited utility, which I won't mention for this lecture. Let's examine the tax consequences of an immediate payment annuity. We need to know the exclusion ratio. And our exclusion ratio has a numerator which is reflecting the investment in the contract. How much was paid for it? And the denominator is going to be how much the annuitant will receive, which is going to be the product of two numbers. First, what the annual annuity payment is. Then times how long you're anticipated to receive it, your life expectancy. Whose life expectancy calculations do you use? Well, we use the ones provided by our friends in Washington. So in the case of our friend Jay, who was 60 years old, his exclusion ratio represents 100,000 divided by his expected return. And he was receiving $10,000 per year, and his life expectancy was determined to be 24.2 years. This is resulting in an exclusion ratio I'm rounding to 0.41 or 41% is excluded, and then that, of course, means 59% taxable. 41% not taxable, 59% taxable. Okay, so let's draw a timeline reflecting the consequences through the years. Kenny Rogers is singing background. You just can't hear him sing through the years. We begin at age 60, and his life expectancy is determined to be 24. So here is 84.2 years. So the $10,000 that's being re received annually means 4100 tax-free return of principal. And then our, then, uh, I'm sorry, we wish it was 4,100, 4, sorry, 4,100 is a tax-free return of principal. And then the balance is taxable. Our friend Jay uh, achieves his life expectancy through the years. And now, what happens with the payments in future years? The 10,000 he's receiving will be fully taxable. As ordinary income.
I hope this is straightforward. Let's go back and calculate the exclusion ratio for our friend Jay, whereby he's promised fixed payments for a fixed period of time. So we've got him making his $100,000 investment again, but he's promised for 20 years the $10,000 we talked about. So here, our exclusion ratio is 100K divided by 200K for 50% exclusion. Again, watching Jay go through the years, age 60, he funded it. First 20 years here, we've got 50% exclusion, 50% taxable. And then once he is recovered for 20 years, then we have 100%, we have 0% exclusion and 100% inclusion. Let's do another calculation reflecting treatment for a variable annuity contract. Same idea in calculating an exclusion ratio. We need a numerator and a denominator. Our denominator, again, is going to be the cost of the investment, $100,000. Here, though, we don't know what the payments will be from year to year because it's a variable payment annuity. We do know, though, that Jay is, has a life expectancy, again, of, we'll round it to 24 years. So the amount of the, exclu the, amount of the exclusion is going to be 100,000 divided by 24, and uh, I'm going to round that to 4,000. So what that means is over the march of time, and this will be payments received, J is going to be able to exclude the first 4,000 in income. Again, I think these rules are intuitive.